0: Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. Sometimes I box God in. I don't like this about myself, but it's true. I box God in when I think he's going to move a certain way and only that way because, well, that's the way he moved in the past. I box God in when I think that person, oh, they'll never come to Jesus. Do you know what they believe? Have you seen how they live their life? Rarely do I recognize it in the moment, but there are times where I box God in. And when we presume that we have God completely figured out all nice, neat, and packaged, and and tightly formed in our thinking, we think we got him just totally figured out. This is a scary reality because what we are actually doing is we're worshiping our idea of God rather than God himself. It often happens subconsciously rather than consciously, but when it does, the tail begins to wag the dog. We need to take note because instead of being shaped and formed by God into who we are as His image, we start to shape and form God into who we want Him to be for us. He starts to look like us, our political views, our perspectives, our beliefs, our lifestyle choices. We start to shape and form God into who we want Him to be. But this is backwards and God, you know, he created the cosmos, and he doesn't like us putting him in in boxes. That's not how he operates. And we're in this series, Unleashed, because we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We want to be part of a movement of God, something like we see in the first century with the early church. But in order to see God do something bigger through us, we need to allow him to expand our thinking. This is what happened with the early church. And as the early church was forming and taking shape, they still had some perspectives that God needed to blow up. And the account that we're going to look at today is one such occasion. So if you've got a Bible, I would invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 8. We're going to be in verses 4 through 40 through our, for our time together. And if you need a Bible, of course, you can follow along in our free app as well, where there's a place you can jot down some notes. Now, as you're getting there, let's just be reminded of the charge that Jesus gave his followers right before he ascended to heaven, because it sets the stage not just for what we have heard thus far in this Unleashed series, but for what we're going to experience through the text today. In Acts 1.8, jesus commissioned his disciples but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth just days later after this the holy spirit comes on the disciples and empowers them to boldly share the gospel the good news of jesus and like a fire it just sweeps through the city of jerusalem They're telling anyone and everyone about Jesus and how he wants a relationship with them. And it catches in this incredible way. So many are coming to know Jesus. And as the movement's picking up momentum, opposition rose to meet it. And just last week, we looked at the account of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, and he he did. He died for his faith. Now, if the persecution was intended to be a wet blanket, on the spread of the gospel, God sovereignly interceded. And instead of, of water covering the flame, it was fuel. It, God used persecution to spread this good news of Jesus to new communities and new people groups, as we'll see today. And we're going to see that like the early church, for us, God wants to be broken free from the boxes we place him in because he's got even bigger things in store than we can imagine. So, as we jump into the story in Acts chapter 8, why don't we do this? Let's pray and let's ask to hear from God now. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for what we learn about you, about how uh, you want to expand our thinking. Would you do that even now as we read your word? Uh, Would you speak in this time? Would you speak through this message? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, starting in Acts 8, four through five those who'd been scattered preached the word wherever they went philip went down to a city in samaria and preached the messiah there the power of the gathered church was unleashed as it scattered across their region it the you know it started in jerusalem now we're in judea and samaria this charge of jesus is starting to take greater shape and form well samaria Jews hated Samaria because it was filled with Samaritans. Samaritans were previously Jewish, but centuries ago Assyria conquered them and infused these Jews with pagans in their practices. So they become to known they come to be known as the Samaritans. Jews avoided Samaria at all costs because they could get cooties. No, but. They would take a longer circuitous route around Samaria to avoid walking through Samaria, to avoid engaging with this people group. The gospel advancing to Samaria way outside the Jews' God box. Who's outside your God box? Who's beyond God's love in your mind? Is it someone with different religious beliefs, different political views, a different socioeconomic status, different sexual orientation, different age, different skin color, what is it? Like, who's outside your God box? Who do you think, oh, they'll never come to Jesus? Well, whoever it is for you, for the Jews, it was the Samaritans. And the persecution of the church in Jerusalem, God leveraged to use the disciples, these Jewish guys, to bring the good news of Jesus even to them, even to the Samaritans. Now, why would God do something like this? He did it because Jesus is for all people. And while Philip is in Samaria, he's performing these signs and wonders, these miracles, a lot like what the apostles were doing in Jerusalem. And as people experienced God's love, they were quick to respond and receive Jesus. It's interesting when we think of sharing Jesus with others we often start by asking a question or answering more likely a question that people aren't even asking yet and and who do you know who loves unsolicited advice and yet what we see in scripture is that when people experience God's love when it's shown to them through actions they're much quicker to receive God's love and and internalize it and make it their own when they hear it spoken to them. It's interesting. It's kind of like when we just show or or share God's love, we do one without the other. It's as if we're just giving someone one of the Reese's Cups in a package. And who likes to only eat one Reese's Cup in the package? But if we can, can follow the example that we see here of Philip, And if we can show God's love with our actions and then share his love with our words, we will see probably what Philip saw. And we'll see many more people come to Jesus because when someone experiences the love of Jesus, it's hard to reject Jesus. At this point in the story, we're really only looking at like the 30,000 foot view of Philip's ministry in Samaria. But Luke zooms the lens in, he, he, he brings us down to a lower level and he highlights two accounts from Philip's ministry. And the first one is a little longer and a little more peculiar than we're used to, but take a look at this in Acts 8, 9 through 21. Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria he boasted that he was someone great. Okay, that's not a good heart posture because pride comes before a fall and the higher you fly, the the harder you fall. Just keep that in mind because it's coming. Now in verse 10, And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, As he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of god and the name of jesus christ they were baptized both men and women simon himself believed and was baptized and he followed philip everywhere astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw when the apostles in jerusalem heard that samaria had accepted the word of god they sent peter and john to samaria Okay, when Samaria comes to Jesus, it's time to send in the big guns because this doesn't happen every day. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. He's just trying to add to his bag of tricks. But Peter saw right through the Ponzi scheme he's running, and Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. There's a ton going on in this passage and I'm gonna have to leave most of it to your community groups discussion this week, but for the sake of our time, here's the bottom line. Let's just cut to the chase. Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for Jews and Samaritans. Jesus is for Republicans and Democrats. Jesus is for men and women. Jesus is for the homosexual and the heterosexual. Jesus is for the poor and the rich. He's for the marginalized and the majority. He's for Christians and he's for the atheist. He is for the Muslim. He is for the Buddhist. Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for you. Do you know him? Like, do you know Jesus personally? Because now and in the end, all that matters, all that matters is if you have a relationship with Jesus. You could be Mother Teresa's best friend, or you could be Hitler's sidekick. And Jesus is for you. He loves you. He wants to transform your life. Because here's the deal. Does God approve of every policy? Does he approve of every lifestyle, every ideology, every belief system? No. No, God God hates sin, but he loves you. He loves everyone. And here's what that means. It means no matter what you've said or haven't said, no matter what you've done or haven't done, no matter what you've thought, no matter your story, Jesus is for you. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Well, our sin, it, it separates us from God. The relationship we're designed to experience, our sin separates us from God. But by God's grace, Jesus connects us in a saving relationship with God. This is the gospel. This is why we gather. This is why we celebrate as a church now simon the sorcerer he wanted to buy the gift of god he wanted to buy god's presence in him the holy spirit but peter was set off by this and rightly so you can't buy a gift especially a gift from i mean a gift by its very nature is freely given check this out paul writes about this gift that we have been given to us by god in ephesians 2 8 and 9 he says this for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Friends, we can't buy it, we can't earn it, so we can't boast about it. We boast in Jesus' name because Jesus has freely given us this gift. So we lift high the name of Jesus because Jesus is for us. And because Jesus is for us, we, as his followers, we must be for every one. That's what we're called to. Philip, or God used Philip to reach a people outside his God box, the Samaritans. This is what we see in this first account, but Luke then shares another account of Philip's ministry. And here we see God use Philip to reach a person, someone that was outside of his God box. Picking up this second story now in verses 26 and following. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go to the south road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he's on his way home, excuse me, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. As the Samaritans were outside the Jews' God box, so too was this guy, except for some different reasons. We, we know a couple things about him that the text tells us. One, he's an Ethiopian, which means he's from the, the area south of Egypt in Africa. At the time, it was actually thought of as the, the furthest farthest most ends of the earth. I mean, this is like as far as it goes south in, in the Jews' minds. Right, We had the gospel catch in Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria, and now a torch is about to be lit to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. This guy's from Ethiopia. That's no small thing. Now, second, this guy is a eunuch. How that came up in Philip's conversation with him, I don't know. And I don't want to know. But it matters. And Luke notes it for us because by the very nature of being a eunuch, This guy couldn't be circumcised. It was the special sign of God's relationship, his special relationship with the Jewish people. So, sure, this guy had just worshipped in Jerusalem. That's good, fine and dandy. But here's the deal, on his best day, on his best day, the Ethiopian eunuch, he could only worship from the outside looking in. But, good news for our new friend, the Ethiopian eunuch, God. Is for everyone so god uses philip to share with this one how he can to have a relationship with god check this out now in verse 30 and following then philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading isaiah the prophet do you understand what you're reading philip asked how can i he said unless someone explains it to me so he invited philip to come up and sit with him now jumping to verse 34 the eunuch asked philip Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else?" Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news of Jesus. The guy's reading scripture but doesn't know what it means. He sees the man's spiritual curiosity and seizes the opportunity to share Jesus with him. And what we observe here with Philip's interaction with the Ethiopian eunuch, well, we can actually learn from his example and apply it when we share Jesus with others. And it starts with this. One, follow the Spirit's lead. If you sense that you should share Jesus with someone, do it. And and don't delay. I worked with someone formerly in ministry, her name was Carrie Yescott, good friend, good co-worker in ministry, and she would say something that always got my attention. Slow obedience is no obedience. It got my attention because it was rather convicting. Years ago, I played volleyball with a guy named Johnny. And we would play pickup at the rec center. And I, I, I got to know him over time. And he, I found out he was an atheist. Now, I, I think life with Jesus is better. So I started praying for Johnny, that he would come to know Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would give me an opportunity to share the hope that I have in Jesus with Johnny. And, uh, you know, I was praying all this, praying regularly for Johnny. In fact, I was praying for him for months. And throughout the summer, I didn't see him for a long time. Like for five months, I just didn't see Johnny. And then after summer, I see Johnny at Pickup Volleyball one Sunday night, and I just try to strike up a conversation. So I say, hey, Johnny, you know how was your summer? Looks back at me and says, good, because you weren't part of it. I said, oh, interesting. Why would you say that? He's like, well, I'm an atheist and you're a pastor. Okay. What? Well, when I intro- when I just started the conversation with Johnny, I'm picturing like, "Oh, good, Chris, how was your summer?" But he went there like he flung the door wide open. But stunned and speechless, I I didn't walk through. Delayed obedience is disobedience. If you sense the Holy Spirit prompting you, presenting an opportunity to you to share the hope that you have with Jesus, don't delay lean into the spirit's leading and two lean into spiritual curiosity that's one of the ways that we know there's an open door that the spirit has opened up you see the ethiopian eunuch he didn't understand what he was reading so philip comes up alongside of him and uses it as an opportunity to have a conversation about it you know what's better than a monologue about jesus a dialogue about jesus Because it's in a dialogue where we get to share ideas learn from one another and understand what is on other people's minds what what makes what keeps them up at night so when you think about sharing your faith with someone i would invite you to start with questions get to know them what makes them tick what are they passionate about what burdens them what keeps them up at night and as you listen and you hear how they're feeling validate how they feel because empathy is the universal currency. Now, sharing Jesus often will start with listening to understand where someone's at in their exploration of Jesus, but it doesn't stay there. You like, Jesus didn't leave us in our sin, our brokenness, our hopelessness, and Jesus doesn't want to leave your coworker, your neighbor, your soccer mom friend, he doesn't want to leave them in their sin, their brokenness, their hopelessness either. And could it be that God has placed you in their life for this very reason, to share Jesus with them? It's the most loving thing we can do. But oftentimes, we're held back. We're we're scared to share because we're like, are we going to say it all right? Are we going to say the right thing? Are we going to accurately represent God? And those are very good, legitimate concerns. But in my experience, people would rather listen to someone who's always real than someone who's always right there's a time there's a place for bible study and theology but when someone's exploring faith more often than not they just want to hear how is jesus changing your life and why does that matter to me so with that in mind feel the freedom to be you and share how Jesus is impacting your life with whoever God puts in your path. All right, we've got follow the Spirit's lead, lean into spiritual curiosity, and then, like Philip, we need to, three, invite to take a step towards Jesus. The story continues in verse 36 and following. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me getting baptized? and he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Philip had to have talked with this guy about following Jesus and baptism as the response that one makes when they decide to follow Jesus because when they see some water along the road, the eunuch is like, look, there's water. How about this? How about I get baptized? Baptism is this physical representation of what God does in us when we respond to Jesus, when we receive him. Right? We we die to our old life of sin and death, and then we we rise to this new life with Jesus. Now, and it carries on forever. Now, baptism doesn't save. Kind of like my wedding ring, it doesn't make me married. Uh, You know, I wear this because I'm proudly married to Amanda and I want to tell the world that I'm married, but baptism is is like that it it doesn't save us jesus has that covered baptism is how we tell the world that we're with jesus similarly if i were married to amanda like i am and i chose not to wear a wedding ring you would think that's a little weird wouldn't you if you want to follow jesus and haven't been baptized what are you waiting for like your next step is clear it's really clear. Scripture has already spoken to it, so you don't even really need to think a whole lot about it. If you want to follow Jesus and haven't been baptized, get baptized. Get baptized. It's a significant moment in your journey with Him. I love how this guy doesn't even hesitate. He's just like, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my getting baptized? If you want to get baptized, we would love for, to help you take that step. You can let us know on your Connect card that you want to get baptized. And we will be in touch, like, real soon, and we can figure out a time soon where you can celebrate this this significant step in your faith journey as you decide to go all in for Jesus. After all, he went all in for you, right? Jesus is for everyone. We covered this, right? He's for the Samaritans. He's for the Jews. He's for everyone, which means Jesus is for you. And for those of us who have been baptized, we're following Jesus. Here's what we can learn from Philip's life. Jesus is for everyone, which means we must be for everyone, every individual. Jesus is for everyone, so we must be for everyone. As we close, let me just share with you a little bit of what it looks like as I try to follow Philip's example here in showing and in sharing Jesus' love with others. About a year and a half ago, we moved into our neighborhood and wanted to do our best to get to know our neighbors. But at the time, we were heading into the holidays, and then we were heading into winter, so it was kind of tough. And over time, I slowly got to meet my neighbors, but didn't really get to have many conversations beyond the typical small talk. Until one Tuesday after dinner last summer. Gervinder, our next door neighbor, was outside on the sidewalk as her son was driving around one of those little electric cars. Hannah wanted to go for a ride on her tricycle, so we head outside, and Hannah's zooming past us on her tricycle, her son's, you know, on the electric car, we're trying to dodge them both, and we start to have a conversation. As we're talking, Gurvinder just mentions that they go to Temple on Saturdays. Now, I don't go to Temple, so that, that caught my attention, and I just asked her to explain like why do you go to temple well, she says well well we're sick and not like ill sick the, like sickism the the re- world religion it's a newer world religion i actually didn't learn much about it in the classes i had in college so i just asked her my like, girlfriend like what what's Sikhism all about so she starts to explain kind of her family's heritage with it and, and all the, the whole deal including like why they wear head coverings all this stuff and then she mentions baptism. I'm like, baptism? I know about baptism. So I just ask her, like, what's sick baptism about? And she starts to, to share and, you know, after she's done sharing, I just say, Gryffindor, you know, thanks for sharing. I, I didn't know much about what you believed and I thought this was really interesting. I gotta be honest, like, I'm familiar with baptism, but it's Christian baptism that I'm familiar with. This is all real new to me. And she's like, oh, really? What is Christian baptism all about? Now, Let me back up a sec. That morning, I prayed for one. I asked God to give me someone to share his love with. So throughout that whole conversation, I'm wondering like, okay, God, is she the one? Is she the one? But I just was listening and listening and listening and listening until finally Gervinder asked me a question. And by God's grace, as only he would have it, I got to use baptism to describe the transformation that Jesus has brought to my life and that he can bring to her life, that we can die to our old life of sin, and that we can rise to this new life with Christ all because of the forgiveness that he extended to us on the cross. Hannah, at this point, has had enough. I mean, she just wants to go inside. It's getting late, it's bedtime. So she looks up at me and she's like, Daddy, can we go? So, real quick, we head down to the ditch and I baptize Gervinder. I wish, I wish. But we did agree that hey you know what this was a fascinating conversation we should keep talking about these things follow the holy spirit's lead lean into spiritual curiosity and then invite them to take a step sometimes by god's grace like philip we might get the privilege of baptizing someone but another step might simply be hey let's continue the conversation and even in those moments i gotta tell you It's a blast. Like, there is nothing more fun than sharing Jesus with someone. But you've got to experience it to get it. So, my challenge for you is to pray for one and see what God does